with Redeemed LA and I'm here with Sam Rodriguez, Eric and Danny and today today's topic we are talking about shame um, specifically saved not slaves and if I can quickly share my testimony here please <laughs> um, so uh, pre-COVID I was um, extremely involved with the youth and I felt like my faith was at the best it could have been and um, I, I, you know, at the time I was working in fast food, I was at Carl's Jr. And then I didn't have a car, which I, we, you know, wasn't mad about because I didn't really need it. And then, um, I never complained at the same time and I was never like, God, where's my fruit? You know, where's my gift? You know, like, like I'm praying here, I'm coming to church yet. I'm not receiving anything. You know, I was very patient and then COVID hit and that's when I like fell off the wagon and then that's when I got the job, and then I got the car, and then um, <coughs> that's when I, like, received a lot of, like, my things, which I'm really grateful for, but yet my fate, my fate was lingering, and I was, I just couldn't get back into it. I tried, like, praying, I tried, like, reading the Bible, but I couldn't, it just didn't stick with me, and then um, I was just, like, lost, and I felt stuck kind of like an addict like I was like oh like how did how did I get this far right. and then like the question was like like I was very like shameful and I just didn't know how to fix that until now right right and I and I if I can I didn't know this but um if I can you know share uh, I'm not, not sharing anything but what I want to tell you is that you know God you don't see this because of course you're like driving you're in the driver's seat right so you see everything so close but if you notice that God didn't stop loving you he still blessed you. He still gave you the job that you want. Now you have the car that you want. And now you got the money rolling in. But it was this is all like, um, how do you call it, like a reward for being faithful before. So, I mean, I know you don't see it right now. I mean, you just, I, f I feel like you, um, I feel like, I feel like you still like feel that like that way or you feel like uh, this way or you say, oh, I'm not enough. And, you know, to our listeners as well, right? They feel like the shame goes, oh, you know, how can I go back to church? How can... You know, will the youth accept me? You know, well, I look, well, I'll be looked down upon. And I, I want to tell people who look like that. It's like, no, God does not look at you like that. God is always welcome and will always welcome you back because it's not about, it's not about you falling off. It's about getting up and continuing the, the, the where you left off. You know, you never kind of, you kind of never, never kind of go all the way back. Right. You also kind of like trip, fall, you get on, you know, you fall on your knees, you fall on your hands, dust yourself off. And you keep it pushing, literally like that. That's what life's about, right? Uh, and uh, yeah, go ahead. A story in the Bible that comes to mind is a prodigal son, you know. Yes. And that you know can picture you know us modern day Christians, you know, coming to church, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we're like the prodigal son, you know, where we want to experience the world, you know, live the crazy life. Yes. And then it gets to a point where we hit rock bottom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then we're like, oh, you know, if I go back to church. They won't accept me or, you know, they you, you basically start like having doubts, you know, you start overthinking. But in reality, if we read the story, you know, it says that this, the prodigal son wasn't even close 
to getting home when the father saw him and ran towards him, towards him with open arms. You know, sometimes we think God is going to punish us. You know, oh, God's not going to accept me because I did this, I did that. And it's like God is not brand new. God is not going to be like, oh, you did that. No way. You know, <laughs> get away from me. It's like, no. The Bible says that God, God knows us. God knows the future. He knows you're going to fall at some point. But it's like it's up to us to recognize when we get to that point, like, hey, you know what? God, I messed up. Right. And God is going to always welcome you back. Yeah, and I told Dev this. It was actually the um, the New Year's when they announced the title, right? Um, it was the year of the... Of the, of the recovery. Yes, the year of the recovery. And then I texted Dev that, that night, um, and then I was like... Deborah, like I, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna go back in. Like I'll see you this weekend, like for sure, for sure this time. And then she was like, "Yeah, you're always welcome here. Like just know that." And I was just like in my head, "Oh my god, like what if you know things changed? What if you know they don't like me anymore?" But you know, like it's not like that. I hope you felt like you just picked up where you left off, right? Yes. I yes. mean, and and that's what I try to, and that's why I, I don't want to say I, but that's what we try to do in the youth and in redeem this is. We're all sinners. That's why that that's why I I decided this this name redeemed. Because God was speaking to me, and he was telling me, who is anybody in this church if it's not somebody who fell, somebody who came short, somebody who decided to do something and felt short, and then maybe even turned their back to God? Who who are we not if redeemed? So, you know, redeemed people redeem people. So um, that, that's that been my, my saying. Remember, like, all, yeah. I always want to say that, and, and that's always stuck to me. If you have been redeemed, then it's your job. To redeem other people. You know, talk about the, the sinners that are forgiven a lot, right? And right. so I, I was just reading right now Luke 7, uh, 36 forward when Jesus is invited to go have dinner at a Pharisee's house. And like the Pharisees were like these like teachers who knew everything about the Torah, which is the Hebrew Bible. And so he, he's having dinner and then all of a sudden this like super sinful woman from like the town that they lived in shows up with the jar of perfume, right? Mm-hmm. And yes. he she comes to him and then she decides to anoint his feet and wash his feet. And none of the Pharisees, the ones who claimed to be perfect and without sin and knew everything about the Bible, took it upon themselves to take that action. But she, being the most sinful woman of the town, actually, decided to come and anoint his feet and wash his feet and anoint him with the perfume, her last jar of perfume. And then so Jesus then goes on to tell him in like Matthew in uh, Luke seven forty seven, it says, Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as your great love has shown. And then he tells you, your sins are forgiven. So what does that mean? You know, sometimes we have to, when we're, we're being shamed by sin, the option we have is run to where Jesus is at. Go and not necessarily pour out a jar of perfume at the altar, but <laughs> your tears can be a way of like, you know, and like bringing, like a cleaning, cleaning his feet in a way, not that he needs his feet cleaned, right? right. But it's like cry at the foot of the cross the feet of Jesus and then God's going to turn to you and say you know what your many sins are forgiven move on right don't let sin put you to shame like it happened to that most sinful woman in that town when he went to have dinner with the so-called perfect leaders of the church then and what I like what you said you know shame works into I think shame lets I'm sorry I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to like organize my, my thoughts and I'm trying to think like shame only works as much as you let it work in your life. Right. You know what I mean? So, for example, um, I give you guys the, the example. I don't know if it was in this podcast or another podcast that I was telling you that, that that when the guy that was paralytic and, you know, Jesus was inside the house and they brought him up from the, from, from the, from the, 
from the roof. He told them, get up and walk. Actually, before he even said that, he says, all your sins are forgiven. Mm -hmm. Carry on. Right. And everybody was like, oh, my God, how can he say that? Who is he? And he's like, wait, what are you guys all murmuring about? Here, I'm going to tell him something to you guys. Like, get up, pick up your mat, and go. So I like what he says. So when shame comes, he comes into your life, but it only works as much as you let it work in you. The thing is, you get up, you pick up your, your home, you pick up your, your where you feel comfortable, and you move forward. That's what's going to take you out of that slump. Yes, I definitely agree. And I have a verse here, um, version ERV. It's Hebrews <coughs> ten seventeen. Then he says, I will forget their sins and never again remember the evil they have done. Another version says, I'll forever wipe the slate clean of their sins. And I said this last time, but why should you worry about cleaning your own plate or cleaning your sins when we have someone doing it for us um, that you know gave his, his that, that loves us and even gave his own begotten son for us? Right. You you wouldn't worry about it, right? You When you go out to have a nice dinner with your parents, you don't go, oh, who's going to pay for the bill? Right? You oh well, maybe in our sense, since we're all a little bit older, now we foot the bill. But, you know, but when you were younger, you never kind of say, oh, um, I'm going to wash this dish real quick. Just wait for your mom to go to the restroom. Right? If your mom <laughs> did that to you, Sam, you'd be like, mom, stop. Literally, I'm paying for this. I'm paying for somebody going in the back mm -hmm. and, and doing this. So that's what Jesus is telling you. Why are you worried about the broken plates? Why are you worried about the dirty plates? They've already paid for somebody to wash this. Yes. I feel like a lot of people tend to worry because... Like I said, there's like a spiritual side to everything. So the enemy is always kind of fishing, sure. you know, and always constantly reminding you, like, hey, you did this. Remember, you did this. And that's why some people tend to stay in that bubble of shame. Like, oh, you know what? You're right. You know, maybe if I go up, you know, maybe God won't actually do something with me. I feel like a, a story that comes to mind is um, Adam and Eve, you know, when they ate from the fruit, the forbidden fruit. You know, I'm not going to say an apple because a lot of people say, oh, it's an apple. Right, <laughs> right. It's a forbidden you don't know. <laughs> fruit. You don't know what it is. Could have been a pineapple, mango, it's whatever. It's a flavor grenade. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But, you know, that's, that's what shame does. You know, uh, sin separates us from God. And when they ate from the fruit, you know, they saw that they were naked. So what did they do? They hid and usually that's what maybe that's what, you know, some people, youth, you know, feel kind of like ashamed, you know, because yes. when God's yeah. presence is around us, we kind of feel that shame like, oh, God's here. Let me just kind of, you know, move back, you know, yeah. kind of hide behind this person. That's what Adam and Eve did when God came. Hey, Adam, where are you? He's like, oh, God, I heard you were here. So I hid. And that's what, you know, some people, most of us do, you know, when God's presence is around us, we tend to. Hide. Yeah. You know, in my case, um, <laughs> I kind of laugh when I think about it. But usually, like, when a guest speaker would come, I would kind of, I was kind of like, like, kind of like ashamed, you know? I'd be like, oh, you know, I don't want to, like, make sure she don't see me or he doesn't see me because they're probably close to God and they're probably going to call me out and be like, hey, <laughs> Sam, you're doing this. God says you're doing this, this and that. And it's like... No, God's not gonna do that to you. Right, right, and God and God is not an accuser, guys. You have to understand that God is not an accuser. God wants to love you. He wants to have mercy. And I know, you know, Eric wants to say something right now, but I wanted to tell you guys that 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 dude, Jesus, Jesus, he's like the best father. So just just a quick thing: if the Bible says that everything we live here is nothing but a shadow of what is spiritually, 
Meaning that your parents and their love, that they will die for you and they will give you anything. They would rather go without eating than watching you without eating. So imagine how good of a father he is. Would a father accuse a son? Would a father take away from food from his son? No, he wouldn't do that. Therefore, it's not in God's nature. Yeah, and, and to back that up, it, he, Je- Jesus and God are not accusers. They're actually our advocates, and that was First John two one says. It says, "My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one." So if you've ever seen the movies with the courtrooms, and you have like the judge, which is like the father standing up making the decision, and then you have a table with like someone defending like the person's accused of a crime, right? That's Jesus Christ fighting for you, right? Like saying, "Hey." hey, hey. He made a mistake. Forgive him. You're, Have mercy. You're the lawyer, right? Yeah. Because we've all seen movies, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we see like the, on the defense side, like Jesus is like standing by our side, like, you know what? Forgive him. Like I right. died for them. Look, do you remember that? Like essentially remember that? Like telling the God the Father, right? And on the other side of the table, we have shame and the devil accusing us. Remember, remember what he did? You know, punish him, punish him. But God in his infinite mercy, through Jesus' sacrifice, advocating for us, as first John two one tells us. He's there backing us up and like, forgive him, forgive right. him. And, and I think there's, this is the importance of, of needing to know from a young age or any age, the difference between shame and remorse, right? There is a difference. It's good to have remorse. So what is remorse? Remorse is like, oh man, I feel bad because I sinned, right? Like, like last night, this morning or two seconds ago, because we're sinners. We can sin at any second. Right. That's important to still have. Right. What we should not allow ourselves to have is shame. Shame is just this accusation that leads you to be just further and further and further from the foot of the cross and from God. Remorse on the other side, on the other side, is what brings us closer and closer and closer to God because it's what brings us to ask for forgiveness for our sins. I agree. And the moment we don't have remorse, we should be scared. And just since you backed up my point, I'm going to back up your point. And in Luke eighteen eleven, uh, that's when uh, a Pharisee and a tax collector are going to the synagogue, and the Pharisee, um, the Pharisee wake, uh, gets up and goes, "Father, thank you for giving me everything I need, and I I want to also thank you that I'm not like that tax collector over there, and then and the, at the end of the church, and I want to tell you that I have everything because of you, but thank God I am not like him." There's, it says that uh, the Bible says that he says, "Oh, there's robbers, crooks, adulterers, uh, even tax collectors." And then the other man was kind of like in the shadow, just like you hiding, you know, and they're like this. And he just, he, he, he prayed these things. He says, God, give mercy. Forgive me. I'm a sinner. And then Jesus said in Luke 18, 14, it says, this tax man, not, not the other, went home and made right with God. So what does that mean? That the, the remorse that the tax collector had because of everything he's had was a lot more valuable to God then the other guy saying, oh, yeah, I'm not like that guy, which was accusing. So just like you said, that remorse sometimes is good for you. Remorse, but not shame, right? Right. And and, cause, yeah, and, and I think that's that's kind of what like leads young people to, not just young people, anyone, to go away from church when you're just feeling that shame and like, what are people going to say about me? Right. right. And, and in another podcast, we talked about what doesn't matter what other people say about you. It's what matters is what Christ and God thinks of you and says about you. And if Jesus Christ is our advocate, he's not going to be like, well, this sinner is walking into my house. Like, no, he came and he dined with the sinners. He dined with the the thieves. He, he, he stood up for the prostitutes. Yes. Right. When, 
when every, and this goes to this again, like when 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 he encountered that prostitute that was about to be stoned by the Pharisees, right, and all the people in the town. Essentially, he was like, "Whoa, whoa, let me stand between you and these people that are about to stone you." And you know what? Let me. I, no one knows what happened. What he wrote on the ground. A lot of people think is he wrote out their sins, right? right. But essentially, kind of put them to shame and then told her, "You know what? Go forth and sin no more." So God's, God and Jesus are never going to see you walk through that door and be like, man, this guy's coming to stand on my, my, my house, my altar. No, he's going to stand between you and those, even that, sorry to say this, because sometimes it happens in churches, even those within the church that might try to accuse you of that sin that you fell into. I agree. Yes, and then also, I think a lot of people um, in the world, worldly people think, oh, like, do you go to church because you think you're perfect or you're trying to... Mm-hmm. Like be some someone you're not, and then when I first heard this from, I believe it was um, Danny, or or my mom or whoever, um, they said, you know, church is kind of like a like a gym, right? It's not only for, um, like a, these athletic people. It's only not only for, you know, these type of people. Like I may seem skinny, yet I'm still at the gym, but I'm trying to improve my mm. my metabolism and my my mm. my strength. Like today I went running and I was like, geez, I'm so like burnt out of shape. I like it's so it's bad like even here like in the altar like even though we're presenting ourselves in this way you know we don't know what's going you know behind closed doors we're trying we're always trying to improve for for god and yeah i I agree and the 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 thing that i i always tell the kids is this is not this is not a museum for for for, for the holy this is a hospital for the Mm -hmm. sick for the sinful right if this was a, a museum i might as well just put you up in like in a little thing Put you a glass around and say, "Look, here lies, here lies Shirley, <laughs> the holiest of the holy." You know that's not <laughs> what it is. What, and like, it's so crazy that I use the gym analogy. I just used it on the last podcast, <laughs> literally, right? right? And 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 uh, it's it's true. Where, what do you see in the gym? Either fat people in the middle, or super fit people. Why? Because they're all trying to get better. Right. Right, but imagine if you go around, right? You're you're a skinny girl, right? And and you go around in the gym, and you go, oh, there's a fat person. Nah, you everybody's gonna be like, well, <laughs> where do they go then? Do they not go to the gym? Right. Do they not eat? I mean, yeah. it's something that they need to get better. And and I, I like what you said. Just and don't let that shame get you out of the way. And go even ahead. and even you see pictures on Instagram like the before and after pictures, right? The you know whatever three hundred, four hundred pounds, and then yet they're, you know. 200 pounds it's like you don't see the after you only see before and i think people really should put their focus on on what you know the the progress exactly the process yes yeah Yeah, because the process is the hardest part right everybody everybody likes the whole hey lose 20 pounds in 20 days but in reality when it's like you said the 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 progress for example somebody losing a lot of weight you're not seeing how much sacrifice they put yes. in. You oh. don't know how much shame they've gone through. Mm-hmm. Which, since we're talking about shame, right? They're not saying, "Oh, you know, you'll never get skinny." And usually, our parents are even are, are even <laughs> doing that to you. Oh no, Mika, you gotta keep eating. You're too skinny. You know what I mean? And you're yes. like, "No, wait, I'm I'm doing this. I need to do this." And then in your own life, you're like, "Oh, but remember that guy? He's shaming too because you know I was a little bit overweight." We gotta push. We gotta, you know, don't let shame, you know. Take you down, but I don't know if you want to say something else. Go oh, ahead. Oh no, no. That's it. So don't let shame take you down, but also don't be the one that throws shame and brings people yes. down. Right. I think yeah. we need to take both sides of that story because then we end up like we talked in some of our other podcasts with the Cain and Abel situation, right? Or yeah. and then someone's dead spiritually, and then God in comes and tells you, "Well, what happened to your brother?" Mm-hmm. Yes. Don't like, be a stumbling. Stone. Yeah, don't be a stumbling <laughs> stone, right? And then like, don't be like Cain either. Like, am I my brother's keeper? Like, uh. 
you are in this fight together. We're right. in the same army. Soldiers don't turn on each other and kill each other. You kill the enemy. We are not the enemy. So why would you shame your brother? No yes. man left behind. Right. Mm-hmm. No man left behind. So, but we're like Proverbs. Pick up one false, pick him up. Keep moving forward. So throwing shame is also the other side of this story. Don't be the one who throws shame. Kill your brothers because we're in the same fight, in the same side of this war, and soldiers don't kill each other. So I guess the question side. the question would be there, like, who are you getting, who, who are you letting Who's using you? Who are you letting use? Who who's who's who are you allowing in your life to step into your life and using you? Right? Are you are you allowing God to come into your life and being that brother that picks the brother up, or you're being allowed, or you're allowing the enemy to come into your life and shaming even people deeper into their shame? You you know what I mean? So you have to understand that there's also like a sense of usage there, right? Uh, I mean, I don't know if I, right, 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 right. So we have to understand that, just like you said, if your brother's down, pick him up. That's the way we we bring people up. Just like I said last time, redeem people, redeem people, right? And so, so, um, so we have to pick people up, and we have to understand that's not, it's not all shame is not bad. Remorse is good for our heart. Remorse brings us back. Shame um, digs a little hole for us. A, and a good, go. a good, a, um, a good, you could say, uh, maybe a parable, a story from the Bible. Yes. That you, that you, to back up your point about you know picking up your brother, it's a good Samaritan. Yes, you know, there's an old man. I say an old man beaten mm. up by criminals, and what? Uh, they said three three men passed by, right? One was a uh, you could say a religious person passed by, looked at him, kept walking. Another man passed by, looked at him, kept walking. The good Samaritan saw him, picked him up, kept walking. Yeah, no. The, the oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, that, that that guy that guy yeah, picked him up. The right? good Samaritan was a. Uh, the one who picked them up and, you know, helped them. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, some people let their, you could say pride get in the way. Like, oh, no, I'm not going to be with you because you used to do this or you used to do that. And it's like, right. no, you know, we j- we yeah. have to put ourselves, you know, Jesus, she's, you know, Jesus is the same for us. Right. He didn't right. care. Right. And so the question like then becomes right that we have to ask ourselves is, okay, so what if I've left shame, let shame come into my heart? <coughs> let shame, let the enemy use shame against me to try to keep me away from the paths of Christ. And, and I think, surely you were talking about how you like decided to come back to church and 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 and, and, and so forth. But I think the important things is one is we have to and and Psalms thirty one seventeen talks about this, right? And this is David, right? The man who like and this is some crazy stuff, right? Yeah, even the man who was after God's heart, right? <laughs> and we brought him up in the stories of depression and the and the podcast about depression. Um, but then he says, "Oh Lord, let let me not be put to shame for for I call upon you, right? Shame, <clears throat> when the enemy starts taking hold of our hearts with shame, our land starts to get destroyed. It starts to get, yeah, it gets destroyed. Right. So what does the Bible says? So my people who are called my, by my name, humble themselves and pray. I will turn my ear from heaven, and I will heal their land, right? So the importance of those two verses, if you've let, if shame has come into your heart." It's coming to your mind, I guess we could say. The need to turn to God and ask him, you know what? Take the shame away from me. Rebuke it and let me come to the cross. Right. Much like that sinful woman, the tears that you shed because of that, washing and anointing the feet of Christ <coughs> causes your sins to be forgiven. Right. Causes you to return to the house. And, and the Bible says also, Resist temptation, resist the devil, and he shall move away. He right. shall leave. So, 
just because shame comes into your life doesn't mean that you just kind of, you know. You can't disappear. You know? Yeah, you're like, oh, no, you know, I prayed, but I still feel shame. No, no, no. You prayed. You God is faith, you know? God's going to give you strength, but you got to fight the good fight. You got to push through. You got to, like I said, you have to resist the devil. You have to resist the, the enemy because, I look, I've had shame in my life, and, and I can tell you I've had shame in the altar. I've been in the altar, and I'm like, dude, you, you did this, and, and the thing, the, the number one thing is kind of getting through it, like saying, okay, but just because I did this and God forgives me, I, the shame's still there, but yet the shame is not going to stop me from doing what I have to do to serve God. That you, or it's not going to stop me from coming to church. So we have to understand that. And I was I was thinking, you know, uh, there's a question you said, like, oh, you know, when shame when shame <coughs> comes, and I was thinking, what brings shame? What 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 is something that, that, that brings shame? And I think the number one thing that brings shame is sin. Right, and we have to understand that that sin has no longer anything towards us. Like, it doesn't own us. In Romans five twenty one, it says, "All sin can do is threaten us with death," and that's the end of it. Grace, because of God, is putting everything together again through the Messiah, invites us into a life, a life that goes on and on and on, a world without an end. So, if you if you've sinned, if you feel like shame is coming to your life, keep this one. Rome, Romans five twenty one, all sin can do is threaten you. Has anybody threatened you before? Yeah. Mm, not <laughs> yeah. yet. Not yet. Well, <laughs> if if they ever do, it's it's. Uh, I like to tell these people like they're like chihuahuas, right? They're all bark, no but bite. no ah, bite. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they go, they go. Oh, you're gonna die! You're gonna die! You're gonna die! But if you know who's standing behind you, which is Jesus Christ, then you go. Yeah, you can bark all you want. Like when have you ever Sorry. gone? Have you ever gone close to a chihuahua? Like, is there any fear in you? No. no. Right? You kind of go, oh, it's so annoying. Just kick it out the way, dude. Kick, <laughs> kick it out the way. Yeah. Isn't it sound right, yeah, yeah. But when, but when uh, you know, Pitbull oh, starts wow. barking on you, yeah, right, there's something essentially that goes, okay, right? Yeah. So Run. That's, that, that, right. <laughs> that's, exactly, that's exactly what I'm trying to tell you, right? All sin can do is bark like a chihuahua. Mm. Now, it might not look like a chihuahua. It might look like a Pitbull, but you have to understand who's behind you. Who is Jesus Christ? Go ahead, please. Yes, I have a verse here. I think it was the same one, kind of the same chapter as uh, Eric, Psalms 31. Um, and it says, When I kept it all inside, my bones turned to powder. My words became day-long groans. Then I let it all out. I said, I'll make a clean breast of my failures to God. Suddenly the pressure was gone. My guilt dissolved. My sin disappeared. And then when I read this, I was like, Frigo, where is this at? Psalm uh, 31, the message. Keep going. And when I read it, I was like, I felt relief almost, like, like when you like hold in your your pee and then like finally you go to rest. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like whoa, like like relief. And I was like, I felt like peace, like 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 my my sin is just like it's just gone, kind of like just faded away because I know that, you know, I just have God here by my side. Well, yeah, right. it's like that's what shame does. You know, it's kind of like a backpack. Mm-hmm. You know, we tend to carry things we're not supposed to carry. Mm-hmm. You know, the Bible says that you know, put your burden on me. I'm just paraphrasing. You know. I want you to think, oh, this guy doesn't know the Bible, but you know, God says to put all our burdens on Jesus Christ. All right. The Bible you know? says, "He who is tired and weak and yeah. is tired of their of their yoke, drop that yoke and pick up my yoke, which is easy and li- and uh, light, light to, to handle." Yeah. 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 Yes. And, and so I think the important thing is once once you've once you've turned away from sin, I think the important things to do is not only ask for forgiveness, but you also have to ask for you also have to have repentance, right? You, it, it's you can continue to fall into this you could it could reach you but you should not be seeking the same sin 
Right. And this and this is this is a situation that happens. Everyone's like, ah, you know what? Uh, it's an easy example. I cussed someone out or I fought with someone. I got angry at them. I'm sorry, God. I, I was an angry person. Okay, cool. You're forgiven. But then you keep doing it again. It's like, could you really repent then? It's, ask for forgiveness. Your sins are forgiveness. Repent and get away from that sin. Right. The Bible says it, right? Right. In, in the verse. Sin, right. And, and so you need to sin and repent. And I think, if I can say this a lot, uh, what's happened with the gospel now in our modern times, because it's a popular thing to do, is, yeah, you're, all of your sins are forgiveness, but we forget to tell people that you also need to repent. You it's not, you need to move away. Right? Because then you find yourself in this vicious cycle that just keeps actually keeps getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse to the point where we, we call it cauterized souls, right. right? Where your soul no longer recognizes mm. that it's a sin. Right. And yeah. now you're like so deep into sin that you now don't even feel remorse and come to the foot of the cross. And now you're just like really deep into sin. Now yeah. you, you're forgiven of that too. You, God's grace isn't endless like that too, but it's such a big hole to come out of. Yeah, even uh, Jesus Christ said it too. You know, you tell people, oh, your sins are forgiven, but sin no, no more. Huh? You know, meaning, I mean, figuratively, you know, people would come to him, you know, oh, Jesus, heal me, this and that. And, you know, he'll be like, you know, your sins are forgiven, but sin no more. You know, we if we look at it, like now, spiritually, it's saying, Jesus is telling us, all right, I'll take this away, but make sure, you know, sin no more, meaning what? If you do it again, you'll end up in the same position you were before. Right. You know, it's like, yeah, you can tell God, God, please take this away from me. God will do it. You know, God, it's like, it's like this water bottle. If I tell God, you know, we'll picture this water bottle as, as sin, whatever you want to name it. You know, you tell God, God, please take it away. All he does is this. And the enemy, what he does is, hey, remember this? You know, and it's like the Bible says, you know, like you guys were saying, you know, temptation, resist temptation, resist sin. You know, it's not just going to disappear just like that. And then I see I see a lot of, a lot of signs on the freeways or some some people like hold up holding up signs like repent or go to hell. And oh God. I, I think that's just <laughs> so like harsh. And I think it's important to understand that you can even repent and ask for forgiveness in your bedroom, right? Of yes. course, the temple, but in, in your bedroom, like the sa- of safe space. And that was actually, for me, a weird weird thing. But it was in the shower where I was just like, okay, God, like I'm tired of playing games. Please, like, like be my light and like point me in the right direction. Right. And I was like, okay, like I'm, I'm tired. Like, please, like, let me, like, guide me through it and everything. And, and that's the Holy Spirit <clears throat> that lets you feel that. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that tells you, hey, Hey Danny, are you done playing games? Mm-hmm. You know, like have you seen those? I'm sorry, maybe maybe I'm just a ridiculous <coughs> person, but have you seen those? Uh, <laughs> have you seen those memes that, that that goes, "Oh, this could be you and me, but you're playing." Oh yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Games. That's yeah. That, yeah, that's 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 what the Holy Spirit is telling you. Like, dude, we can be having a relationship, but <laughs> you're playing games. You're yeah. playing games. You're you're out there deciding to do anything, and I'm not just saying you. I've done it. I felt everybody here has yeah. has felt that way. And then the and you know what you know what's funny when you're with family when you're with friends that voice kind of doesn't speak too much there, no. but when you're on your own like for example you said the shower mm-hmm. there's nobody else there with you yeah. that's when you kind of like speaking to yourself and you kind of like okay maybe I am playing games <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean and then yeah. it's 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 you know, it's um, the Holy Spirit yeah, yeah there's a Bible verse that says I think it's in Proverbs where it says acknowledge me in all your ways and I will show you which path mm-hmm. to take. Mm-hmm. You know, and like That's in nice. your case, you know, 
so there's two parts, right? We we do one part, which is acknowledge God and everything right. we're gonna do, yes. and there's God's part, which is He's gonna show us which way to take. Yeah. You know, in, in your point, you were like, God, I want to do this, and God, you know, showed you through the Holy Spirit. I like to think of the Holy Spirit as our internal compass. You know, tells us where to go. Hey, you're gonna go here. Turn left. Turn right. You know, another Bible verse that I love too is, I think it's in. I think it's in the book of John where Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Mm-hmm. No one can get to the Father but through me. Yeah. Right. You know, three things happen there. He says, I am the way. Mm-hmm. So Jesus, when we go to Jesus, he shows us the way. Right. He says, yeah. I am the truth, the truth. You know, the Bible says, you know, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Yes. You know, it doesn't matter if you're Christian, non-Christian, you know. If we fall off the wagon, you know, Jesus' truth, which is the Bible, is going to sh- set us free. And it says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You know, at the end, God is going to give us life. And Can through I Jesus Christ, we reach the Father. Can I add? Uh, so you said he's the, he's, the, he's the way, the truth, and the, the way, life. The way, the truth, right? and the life. The way is Jesus. The yeah. truth is the spirit, and the life is God. Yep. So right there, our God, our tripartite being, that's exactly what he is. And you just explained it to him. So, wow, that's really nice, man. That's really nice. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, you know, Sam imparting knowledge today, you know. Yeah, no. Uh, no, and I love it right now. I love it, but. He never comes out with this much knowledge. I feel like I can go, like, take a, take a break. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, be, I'll be right yeah, back. Yeah, I'll be right yeah. back. But, you know, so you were talking about that sign and then what Sam was talking about, too, that repent or go to hell. Oh, yes. You know, so one of the things to keep us from also causing shame on others is remember what First Corinthians, uh, Corinthians talks about when he talks about love. If you have knowledge but don't have love, you are nothing. So if you have the knowledge of the way, the truth, and the life, right? You have the knowledge of the way to fix your life. If God gives you the opportunity to share the gospel or about Jesus Christ to others, don't forget to add love to that. Love will not shame people. Love will bring people to the cross because they're going to be like, wait, who are you following? That I see something different on you. So it's like, no, don't follow me. Follow the one that I follow, God. Because yes. God is love, you have to show love and show love when we present knowledge to others as and, well. And and in case people don't know what love is, First Timothy one five. The whole point of what we're urging is simply love, love uncontaminated by self interest and counterfeit faith, a life open to God. Yes, I'm gonna read a, a better version because I think that was a little bit difficult. I'm reading on this one. To aim of our charge is love that issues from a pure heart, a good conscience, and sincere faith. That's what it, love is. And honestly, um. I think it's time to wrap this one up. We're, we're right there at, at 25, at 35. So let's just let's just kind of go all together. Shame. Shame is something that comes because of sin. But the whole point about shame is you it grows as much as you let it grow. So um, don't let it work in your life. I have it here in my notes. Is don't let shame work in your life. God is always willing to take you back, just like you said with the, with the what's it called? With the... Jesus the way, the truth, and the life. No, no, no. With the... Oh, prodigal son. Yeah, prodigal son. You're right. He he's not gonna he's not gonna wait for you to come back running right away. He's gonna catch you even halfway. He wants you to come back. And I, I think uh, another thing that I, I like another point is, don't worry about what's dirty. God already paid for what's dirty. God already paid that restaurant. Uh, in this case, death. He paid what is due. Therefore, you going back and saying, "Hey, can I wash that dirty plate?" makes no sense. Another thing is in Luke 18, 11, remorse, not shame. Remorse is good for your heart. Remorse is good for your body. It's good for you to come and come back to Christ. 
what brings uh, uh, a shame? Sin. Sin is the only thing that brings shame and is the enemy that brings it. And then um, how, how do we get that away? How do we move that away? We have to repent and we have to let God tell us where to go. So, guys, um, thank you guys for tuning in in the encounter. Follow us at Redeem LA and Instagram and Twitter. And I hope this is a blessing, guys. So this is Danny, Shirley, Sam, Eric, and I hope this is a blessing, guys. God bless. Peace out. See you guys next week. Peace.